Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. How are you all? I hope you're all doing well. I, what have I been up to recently? God, I don't even know. Oh, last weekend actually. Well, I went for about five days. Thursday to Tuesday? I was in London. I was house sitting for my sister and cat sitting. The cutest cat in the world, little Philly. Oh my God, I love him to bits. Um, he's very, very needy for a cat. I suppose indoor cats are a bit needier than outdoor ones. And obviously any cat I've grown up with has been an outdoor cat. I say any cat, we've had two cats. I've had two cats in my life. Indy, who I got when I was in like primary five I don't know what age that is but I just remember writing about her for my like show and tell thing in primary five it's weird how you remember those things and then she once we got Tigger we got Tigger I can't really remember when we got Tigger but when we got her Indy got really annoyed and possessive that we got Tigger and she started spending like cats just have Cats just have a life of their own, you know, a mind of their own, sorry. They're not like dogs that will stay loyal to you. So Indy just fucked off basically and started being fed by someone else. Which, I mean, I think it's a bit bad of someone to start feeding your cat, especially if they know it's not... Okay, it's different if it's like, if you think it's a homeless cat, but I feel like Indy was like a big cat, like you could tell she was being fed. So I think it's a bit rude to start feeding someone else's cat. No, like I wouldn't start doing that. But yeah, anyway, Indy fucked off to another family on the street and then she ended up getting mauled by a dog one day, apparently. I actually didn't know this. I was under the impression that she just died of old age because I think when it happened, I was in Australia or something and my mum just told me, oh, by the way, Indy's dead. And I was like, oh my God. But then I hadn't seen her in years. So it was like a bit of a weird one. Yeah, turns out once I got home, my mum told me she actually got mauled by a dog. So that's good. Um, yeah, we still have Tigger. Tigger's a little madam. Tigger's like queen of the house. (laughs) Whatever Tigger says goes, basically. The dogs very much know that as well. Like, if they come near her, she literally goes at them. They're scared of her. Tigger's just like, this is her, this is her house and we're just living in it, basically. How did I get on the cat? Oh, because I was talking about looking after Phil. Yeah, Phil's very cute. I think it's kind of the done thing in London to have, like, house cats because there's so many foxes and dogs and traffic and just like everything in London I don't really know how someone like Phil would survive he's too precious but yes I had such a lovely time in London I feel like it's just it's such a good city to go to even if you've been loads of times because it's so big and there's so many things to do that you always end up doing completely different things and going to completely different restaurants and markets like not once have I been to London and had the exact same experience which is so nice and I know it'll continue that way like there's just copious amounts of things to do in London which is amazing and it's so great that I it's so great to know loads of people living there now as well that you can go and visit but my big big recommendation anyone going to London I, people have always told me about this and and like anytime I've asked for recommendations for people who live in London from people who live in London sorry um of where to go and what to do or where to eat and stuff people always mention Spitalfields Market in Shoreditch and for whatever reason I've just never made it there but this time I did and honestly the best food like it was incredible so highly recommend that for anyone who either lives in London and hasn't been. 
I'm sure everyone that lives in London has been, but for anyone who is going to visit, really, really highly recommend that. It was one of those markets where you couldn't go wrong with any of the stalls. Like They all just looked incredible. And a lot more, how do I describe it? A lot more authentic and more fresh than the likes of Cam- not not that Cam- the mark not that the food in Camden isn't fresh because obviously they cook it in front of you but I think Camden's a lot more like fast foody market vibes or Spitalfields is like really good fresh like noodles dumplings stuff like that I can't actually remember if when I recorded the part one of this podcast if at that point I had had my mole removal done I don't think I, if I had, I had definitely don't think I spoke about it. Not that I can remember anyway. Yeah, I that's something I had done recently. So I just thought I would talk about that for a second just to, I spoke about it on my Instagram story, but I just want to make everyone aware that this is something that you can do because I didn't really know about this before. Um, and just to like encourage people to do it because it's an important thing to talk about and to just be aware of in the first place. But yeah, so I'm going to say about four or five months ago, I don't know, some maybe longer than that, but sometime like last summer and my one of my f- close friends, she was a bit worried about a mole. She went to see her GP about it and then got referred to a dermatologist. But obviously, you know, with the NHS, the waiting lists can be quite long and I think it really was worrying her. You know, the way you self-diagnose and Google and all of that. So yeah, it was really worrying her. She ended up taking a photo of it and sending it to this dermatology clinic in Belfast called Belfast Skin Clinic. She she actually just sent them a photo on Instagram and was like, I have been referred through the NHS, but it's, you know, I'm a while down the list and should I be worried about this, basically? Just wanted like a professional's opinion. They replied and were like, this is urgent. Can you call us? So anyway, I'm not really sure what happened, but because it was urgent and like flagged, then she was able to get bumped up the list and she ended up getting two moles removed and one ended up coming back as being like melanoma in situ. So basically it's kind of like the stage before, I mean, I don't want to get this wrong because I'm no doctor, but what I think that is, is when the mole itself is cancerous, but it hasn't yet like spread to anywhere else in your skin. So basically she got it at the right time. You know, if she had have left it any later, it could have been another story. She obviously told all of us and was like so freaked out about it, but also so happy that um, she caught it in time, obviously. And it just really shook me up straight away. I was like, oh my God, I need to go and get all my moles checked. Because I do have quite a lot of moles. Like I'm quite... You know the way loads of people would be quite frackly? I don't really have any frackles, but I do have loads of like wee moles. Not loads of big ones. Like They're kind of the size of freckles, but they're way darker. I think I have had a lot of them my whole life, but then there has definitely been ones that have appeared from sun damage. I am a big sun lover. You can bet the second. Do you know when Belfast gets a spell of good weather and everyone's out sunbathing like you can bet I'm out there with the zero factor oil slapped all over me like trying to get as tan as possible I've always been like that I'm just like such a sun worshipper 
and I never really thought badly of it. I would have used, I start. I think I started using sunbeds about like two months before I was going traveling because I didn't want to have to use fake tan then when I was away. And then when I was away, because I already had a tan, then I wasn't really using sun cream on my body, just on my face, because I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to burn, so I don't need to use sun cream. So I did that when I was traveling. I did it when I was in Australia. And Australia is like the worst place to not wear sun cream because they have like a hole in their ozone or something. And that's why they have the highest rates of skin cancer because because of that. So just really stupid, dangerous behavior that I didn't even think was stupid at the time or dangerous. Like it did, didn't even cross my mind. And then when I came home, I kind of wanted to, it, it had been so like a year and a half or longer since I'd used fake tan. I was like, oh, I can't be arsed with that. Like I'm just going to keep going on some beds to maintain this. I think I did that for about four months, I would say. Maybe maybe a little bit longer, but yeah, I'd say four months. And that's just maybe once or twice a week. So I've never been like flat, flat out. And I've only really used some beds altogether for a period of six months. But I can still see that there's sun damage on my skin. I can still, I can see fine lines that I didn't have on on my face before Australia. And I can see moles that have appeared. And I don't, the thing was as well, I wasn't really conscious of my moles. So I wasn't checking them to see whether they were changing as well, which is something you should really look out for to see if your moles are changing. So yeah, I was kind of aware then once this happened to my friend that, you know, I should definitely be getting my moles checked. So I luckily have private health insurance who cover that. So if you do have, I know, because see when I put this on Instagram, there were so many people that messaged me and were like, oh, I have private health insurance. I never even thought that this would be something they'd cover. So if you are lucky enough to have private health insurance, check into it because more than likely they will cover a full body mole check. That's what I did. If you, if they don't, you can just go to your GP If there's kind of like any specific ones worrying you, then they can refer you if they think it's serious enough. Otherwise, you can just like pay for a a, an appointment with like a dermatology. Am I saying that right? A dermatology clinic. You can just like pay for a a full body mole check with them. I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it's in and around a hundred pound, like a hundred, hundred and fifty pounds. Don't take my word for that, but I think that's, I think that's about right. Sorry, I'm actually just talking about the the one place I went though, and their pricing. So it, I'm sure that price changes completely depending on where you live and what clinic you go to. So yeah, just ignore I said that because it probably varies massively. Anyway, I got this organised, I went and got full body mole check and there was a couple of ones that they took photos of that were, you know, a little bit more um, irregular, I guess, dark, anything that's darker, irregular in shape, um, te- like that has any texture on it. Yeah, they just, they look for things that that are telltale signs of potential cancerous moles and they took photos of those ones and then what happens is you go back for a review appointment in like three to four months time so I had that when did I have that in December yeah I had that in December basically they compare the the photos that they took in the first appointment to what they look like now and they see if there's been any changes and things like that 
and there was a change in one of them which there was yeah there was a slight change in one of my moles and then because there was a slight change she and I was going to get that one removed then she's she was like well we're just going to remove this other one that's a little bit worrying as well even though it hasn't changed just like while we're while you're in theater and getting one removed you might as well get the other so it was decided I was getting two moles removed I got that done in the first week of January I what I did actually think at the time it was the first time I have ever had like local anesthetic injected because I was I was a bit worried about it because I thought I'd never had that before I don't know why I was worried about it because I'm not even bad with needles and stuff but I just didn't really know what to expect but anyway as I was lying there on the hospital bed and they were giving me the anesthetic all of a sudden I was like oh my god no I have had this done before and I just got flashbacks to when I was lying paralytic on this doctor's bed in Thailand um, and him injecting me with anesthetic into my chin that I'd split open on the beach because my ex-boyfriend dropped me off of his shoulders. Yeah, I had to get like 12 stitches in my chin. Luckily, it's literally on my jawline, so you don't see it. That's my only other experience with local anesthetic. So yeah, I got the two moles removed, got them stitched back up. It was such a weird experience because I was lying there and you can feel them like poking around and stuff and you can see the doctor like getting his next piece of equipment, like the scalpel and the scissors and all and you see him working away but you just can't feel anything going on. It's the most bizarre thing. And you hear all the noises of what they're doing and them snipping your skin but you just, yeah, you just don't feel anything. It's mad. So I'm all stitched up and get my stitches taken out uh, this week. I think it's on Thursday. And yeah, hopefully the scars aren't too bad, but I don't really care about having scars, to be honest. I have so many scars at this point, it really doesn't faze me. No scar, I reckon, could be as bad as my curry sauce burn scar on my leg, so... But yeah, what happens now is those moles get sent away for testing, and then when the results come back, I'll basically... I don't know if I go in to have a chat or if they just call me, but if they if there's no issues and there's no cancer, then that's just it. It's done. Or if one, say, Touchwood came back and it and it was cancerous, then you would have to go back in and get more skin removed from where that was, just to make sure that they've completely got rid of like any possibility of that spreading in that area. So fingers crossed that's not the case. The whole process was very painless, but I just wanted to kind of share that story to encourage people to get their moles checked and to stop using sunbeds. It's the worst thing ever. Fake tans are so good these days. You literally don't need to use sunbeds. I know having a natural tan is nice. I'm not denying that. But honestly, it's just not worth it. Not only that, but also the aging. It causes your skin. Like, I don't want to be a wrinkled prune by the time I'm 40, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm off the sunbed for life. I have been for a while, to be fair, since like more than a year ago. I don't know. And I feel like it's something people just don't really talk about. Like loads of people use them, but no one actually talks about it. And obviously people on social media don't talk about it because they don't want to, like they don't want to promote it because it's not a good thing to promote. But please, I'm begging you all to just stop using sunbeds. I'll give you all my tanning recommendations if you want and get your moles checked if there, especially if there are any that are, you know, worrying to you. Oh my god, we're nearly 20 minutes into the podcast here and I haven't even started. 
<laughs> okay, so part two of 21 things I have learned in 2021. So I got to number 11 last time. So we finished on number 11, which was don't start vaping. So number 12, consistent skincare routines are a game changer. It is so crazy to look back on photos of of this time last year, actually not even a full year ago as well, maybe like half a year ago. And my skin was terrible. Now, I think my hormones were just kind of going a bit mental after coming off the pill. Another thing that really helped my skin, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here about my skin. But um, another thing that really helped my skin was, I've talked about this lots before, I don't know what in the podcast, but definitely on my Instagram, is pantothenic acid. You basically megadose it. I was taking like 10 to 12 tablets a day. It's one of the few things that's safe to do that though, by the way. Also, don't take my word again. I'm not I'm not a medical professional. But yeah, pantothenic acid saved my life. Started taking 10 to 12 a day. Literally noticed a difference in my skin within a week. I've gradually been decreasing that down and down. Now I take four a day. So just two in the morning, two at night. Sometimes I'll forget and I'll just take like two a day. But yeah, it's changed my skin so much. It's honestly a godsend. It was kind of like my last, my last resort. But yeah, that's on top of a consistent skincare routine. It has taken me a while to find what works with my skin and what keeps my breakouts at bay. So although the pantothenic acid really did help like clear the acne, it's really, really important for me to keep a consistent skincare routine every morning and night. And you just can see it so much. You'll notice yourself if you're someone who does have a consistent skincare routine and then for whatever reason you don't do it for a weekend and say you're just like out partying a lot and don't do anything. See, after two days of not doing it, you see it in your skin. It's mad. I do have my skincare routine on my on a highlight somewhere on my Instagram. So if you're like me and you have like acne prone dry skin, well, normal to dry skin, definitely check it out because I've really found the products that work for me. I know that won't work for everyone though. Okay, number 13. Cuddling a teddy makes you feel so much better. Why did we just forget about teddies for like 10 years there? I swear they just weren't a thing for ages. And then Molly May and her Ellie Belly just brought it back and everyone's obsessed with teddies again. And for a very good reason. <laughs> they do. They make you feel so much better. I'm obsessed with teddies now. No, I don't mean obsessed like I was when I was a kid where you'd have a big mound of them. I just, my mum got me one for Christmas that I'm going to keep in Belfast. It's really cute. One of those, what do you call those, um, je- jelly cat? Those jelly cat ones. It's like a jelly cat bunny and it's really cute. But I'm going to leave that in Belfast and then I've got a wee elephant on that I leave in Leeds. And they just make you feel a hundred times better when you get into bed. or And when you wake up. So yeah, thanks Molly May for making teddies cool again. Well, maybe not cool, but... <laughs> for making them a thing again. Number 14. It's okay to have days that you don't want to speak to anyone. Not everyone is wired to be social 24-7. I just find my social battery can really run out and then I just want to literally lock myself away in my room for a day and not speak to anyone, not even any of my housemates. Like, do you know when you find yourself avoiding when people when you know people are going to be in the kitchen and stuff because you literally just don't have the brain capacity to speak to anyone and yeah that's so fine we're not wired to constantly engage with people and constantly want to go out and socialize it's not 
it's not normal and it's okay to have days to yourself and you shouldn't feel bad about it. Number 15. We're going to have to live with COVID and can't keep isolating or locking down. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not like an anti, anti-lockdown, anti anti-vax. I, I'm not one of those people that don't live in or don't believe in COVID or anything like that. I very much believe in COVID and I appreciate that we probably did need to lock down well there were some countries that didn't wasn't there but yeah that we probably did need to lock down when for like the first two variants when they were very deadly but any virus as it mutates gets less and less deadly and it's literally just becoming a cold we're just gonna have to live with it we can't keep putting our lives on hold and putting so many young people's mental health on the line because of what is now turned into a common cold and don't get me wrong I am not for one second saying that people still aren't massively affected by this I know that they are I'm not denying for one second that there wasn't a ridiculously high number of deaths I know that's terrifying but we actually can't keep living like constantly locking down and with all these restrictions it's not it's not healthy for anyone Okay, number 16, this is pretty self-explanatory, but look after your body and your body will look after you. I mean, bit of an obvious one. After a heavy weekend of drinking and eating fast food, obviously you feel like shit. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just look after your body and your body will look after you and you'll thank yourself for it. Honestly, I'm so ready to just have a month of eating healthy and home-cooked meals and no alcohol after Christmas and New Year and that weekend in London. I just, I need a detox. Number 17, baggy trousers are never leaving. Take my word for it. Uh, You will never catch me in a pair of, actually that's not true, you probably will, but I was gonna say you'll never catch me in a pair of skinny jeans ever again, but I mean... You never know what's going to come back in. But I just think no matter what comes back in, baggy trousers are never leaving. Okay, number 18. The more money you make, the more money you spend. Probably, again, a really obvious one. But I just thought, I think I thought that when I made more money, I would just be a better saver and I would still live off the same amount, but then just save more. But you actually just end up spending more and if anything, saving less because you're a little bit more flippant with your money. And more of the opinion, now I can save at a later stage. I think I need to put myself in a spending ban for a month. Just to like, break the habit of spending on literally everything. Like obviously you do need to spend money on things. Buses and food shops and stuff. But I think I need to go on a spending ban in terms of takeaways, dinners out, alcohol, clothes. Just everything. (laughs) Number 19, craft beers slash IPAs are the way forward. I'm obsessed. I'm sorry. I'm actually obsessed. My boyfriend got me a, did I? I don't know if I already said this on another podcast. My boyfriend got me a Brewdog advent calendar. Best advent calendar I've ever had. Different craft beer every day. Mental. That's so much better than a little shitty piece of chocolate. And they're just so easy and nice to drink. It's all I order anymore if I'm out. Well, that's a lie. If I'm like out to get drunk, I'll drink spirits. You know, if you just go out for a pint or a drink, I'm always, always on the IPAs. They're a game changer. 
Number 20. I am not a morning person. (laughs) I always try to make myself be a morning person to get up earlier and I don't know I just can't I can't do it and I'm it's just not me. No I'm not that bad like when I'm in a good routine and I'm going to sleep at a decent time I can get up at around half eight I would say but I'm not like a half six kind of girl. No. What to even do in those hours do you know what I mean? I just way rather be in bed. There's nothing that people do between the hours you know there's mad people that get up at like half five and literally get like their workout their reading their I don't know just everything done before it even hits eight o'clock like what of that could you not actually have just done after eight o'clock I just find it unnecessary also I don't want to wake up when it's dark nothing about that is appealing to me also apparently it actually is in your what do you call it genetics like you're either built to be a morning or a morning person or you're not so I'm just gonna blame it on that genetically I'm not a morning person so I'm not gonna try and be (laughs) I do though think there's a huge difference between like I'm not a morning person but I'll get up at half eight nine and there's a big difference between that and then like sleeping until 11 because then literally half your day is gone like I know it's only the difference of two hours but when you wake up at half 11 that kind of time it is like lunch and then especially in the winter when it gets dark early you are literally experiencing half a day so you know I'll stick to the half eight start I think that's good for me my mum will be listening to me listening to this being like as if you ever get up at half eight but I do I just don't really at home but I do at uni okay last one number 21 sorry these have all been a bit lighthearted, but that's fine Number 21, Asian food hits different. I don't know, there's just something about Asian food, whether it's that you cook it from home or whether it's in a restaurant, it just hits different. And you know why I put this as my number 21? I was out for dinner with my boyfriend recently in this tapas restaurant in Belfast and it was really good, really nice, really enjoyed everything that I had. Like I couldn't have really faulted it whatsoever. But then I always like rate it after and I I just couldn't give it more than an eight. And when I actually thought about it, I was like, but why? Why not? Why is it not a nine or a ten? And then I was like, I just think it, only Asian food can hit the nine and ten spot for me. Like as nice and flavoursome and I don't know, just as good as any like Spanish, Italian mediterranean like any just any different types of cuisines as good as they are and as good as the restaurant is i still am just reluctant to to give it that 10 out of 10 i think um i think only asian asian restaurants can do that for me for example i'll give you my top three not in order because i wouldn't be able to order them if i tried i like them all for different reasons jumon in town Sorry to anyone listening to this that's not from Belfast. Jumon, Yugo, not Yugo East though, Yugo in city centre, and Bow Tree, Thai. Oh my god, all 10 out of 10. Okay, so that's it from me on my 21 things I've learned in 2021. I hope you enjoyed part two. I know I spoke about my New Year's resolution for this year on the last one, which is to read a book a month. 
I'll keep you updated on what I'm reading. At the minute, I am reading Sally Rooney's new book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I absolutely love it. I'm about a third of the way through and I'm, I'm obsessed with it already. Just the character development, everything about it is so good. It's a very easy read. So for anyone like me who maybe hasn't uh, really been into reading in a few months or longer than that, it's like a nice, easy read to get you back in the swing of it. I'm just, I'm not finding it a struggle to get through it whatsoever, which is really nice. And I just feel like she's so, so good at developing the characters. I can literally just picture them to a T in my head, which sometimes I'm not the best at doing. But yeah, highly recommend keeping an eye out on my Instagram stories because I will be doing little reviews and keeping you up to date with what I'm reading. Thank you all so much for listening. I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye.